Hey, welcome back to the Leadership Fort Dodge podcast. Uh, whether you stumbled upon this uh, this episode or you've been waiting for it uh, and anticipating its arrival, or uh, you're just revisiting this channel, we're thankful that you're here. Uh, you're a leader at Prairie Lakes Church, and uh, you're, you're a part of what God's doing in this in this region, in this county, and so we're thankful for you. Uh, so thanks for joining us. Uh, today we're going to be talking about leading towards transformation, and uh, we've got most of our staff team with us here today. Nathan's here, Brittany's here, Caitlin's here. Uh, Gina's on retreat, and so she's not joining us. It wasn't like we all drew the short straw or we told her she couldn't join us today. Uh, but we're we're just going to have a conversation um, in our new, yeah, under construction. <laughs> What a, I don't know, green yeah. room thing. Green room slash podcast studio. Yeah. That's where we are. And timeout room. I feel like this is like <laughs> where we're going to send people like, go to timeout. Uh, but we're just going to have this conversation in this space today. And uh, I, I think to kick it off, we've we've talked about this podcast, preparing for this conversation. Uh, we've all had a little bit of time, some margin uh, in between our last conversation and this recording. I'm just kind of curious, what's... What's at the top of your mind right now as you as you think about uh, transformation? I think that'll kind of kick us into this conversation in a, in a pretty cool way. Uh, well, so for me, I, I think about just how we got into choosing this topic in the first place. Like why leading towards transformation? Because uh, we were talking about all sorts of things that we wanted to see like grow and develop in people. Uh, what, what? How do we bring about change in people's lives in the church? Mm-hmm. And we were realizing that some of the best places for those conversations to happen aren't necessarily like on a Sunday morning when you're sitting next to someone in church, but it it happens in a group or on a serving team or somehow like when you are in community with other people, it's there in those conversations that transformation can happen. You can go deeper, you can get real. Um, So we were like, man, it would just be really cool to do a podcast on what does it mean to like lead in a way that inspires transformation in yourself and others. Yeah. yeah um, and it makes me think of a podcast I was recently listening to from Craig Rochelle um, on his leadership podcast. And he was interviewing John Maxwell and a quote that John said was everything rises and falls on leadership. And it just makes me think of what you said, Nathan, and how the leader really has an opportunity there and can make a big impact on um, the people that God has put in their, in their group or in their path. Um, in multiple ways. And so God is the one that changes hearts, but leadership plays a big part in that. Hmm. <laughs> I, I was like, that was that awkward pause. Like, okay, does anybody else have anything? <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I just, uh, one of the things that I've been, been really thinking about is it, it this is, um, it's, it's kind of a, I'd almost even call it like a, a weird crippling thing that happens in our minds when we think about, our walk with Christ, whether somebody's brand new to church or, you know, as we, if we've grown up in the church and we get to that place where we're going to start to make our faith our own, um, you know, of course, like somebody coming into, into a church or coming into their, you know, they've been invited and they start that growth process. That's transformation. They're, they're moving from where they once were to uh, this, this aha moment where they realize that Jesus loves them no matter what. And, um, you know, that's, that same thing happens if you grow up in the church. But it's like after that stepping across the faith line moment, there almost seems to be something that just happens where our minds... I, and, and you know what? I'll even say this before I, before I say it. I, I wonder if even in that moment from, you know, growing up in the church or coming into the church for the first time, 
even if they were intentionally thinking about transformation or if it's just it's like it's it's just happening and we're more naturally accepting it and then like you know like the breadcrumbs and we get a little bit more excited and we grow and we get a little bit more excited and we take a step uh so so maybe this crippling thing even exists there a little bit but but for sure i think i see this happen after we say yes to jesus i think all of us have even probably experienced this in our own journeys and probably still have at times where it's like the intentionality of transformation just like kind of spaces us mm-hmm. and that doesn't show up really anywhere else in life you know think about our kids they they even if they dread the start of a school year they go to school knowing that something's going to happen and they start to embrace it you know uh people don't diet and exercise hoping that they stay the same i mean it's there, there's an intentional mm-hmm. step that they're taking because they want to be changed they want to be transformed they want to see something different than what they're currently in it's weird. I don't feel like that that is as natural for people after the, especially after they step across the faith line, that there's this innate desire to continue to grow. Um, I don't think we're lazy or neglecting it, but there's just something. And I feel like as leaders then, what I just want to throw on the table, I think we have to take more serious that need for continued transformation um, so that we can help pull other people along so that we can be prepared when we're sluggish in it and ignoring it for somebody else to pull us along. But I think as leaders, we have to take more seriously this, it's intentionality that's going to help transformation happen. The Holy Spirit's always there. He's always moving. He's always calling us. But if, if I throw that on the table, I mean, like, what, what does that spark in you? Well, I think sometimes, like, people maybe want to change and want to transform, but they don't, in their faith, but they don't know how. Like, they need that person or, um, who's going to help them hmm. or a small group or a class that sometimes it's going to help them um, or a conversation that's just going to help them take that next step to actually grow and transform yeah. in their faith. Yeah. And it's also can be awkward and require hard work. And sometimes we don't want to do that. That's true. Yeah. So how does that show up? I mean, if we're going to do that for other people, if we're called to do that for other people as leaders, whether uh, we're volunteer or staff or, um, you know, we're, we're in multiple small groups or just even thinking about going after our little Iowa. And, and we have, we recognize this need to be intentionally, uh, helping people see the transformation steps that God's calling them to, and just inviting them in on our journey. Um, how does that first start with us? Well, yeah, I I think, Kind of tying in that question and what you were asking before, like uh, the lack of intentionality with transformation that can sometimes take place. Like I think I think there is this normal uh, I don't know. There's there's the status status or the pattern or whatever of like what it usually means to mm-hmm. be a Christ follower in America today, which is like I go to church every two to three weeks and maybe I throw a little in on the plate. And I know where I'm headed, and maybe I'm nice to people every once in a while in a Jesus kind of way, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what I've seen. That's that's the picture I have in my head of what it means to be a Christian. Where really, there's this like radical invitation of Jesus mm. to like let no take up your cross and follow me daily, and. So then for us, like, so, so to, to actually do that, it's gonna, it's gonna look 
uh, it's, it's going to take intentionality, mm-hmm. like you're kind of leading to. Like, it's going to have to start with us as leaders. It's going to, like, it's not going to happen by accident. It really is like this radical surrender mm-hmm. of, like, I'm, I'm going to live every day, every moment for you. And so, God, what does that look like? I'm, I'm open. Teach me. Yep. Mold me. Yep. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like, um, it, that always like as you're talking and the thing that keeps popping into my head is like leading by example. Mm. Um, and I, it's, you know, it's that cliche saying lead by example, but like, we can't, we can't ask other people to do what we're not willing to do. Um, and I just feel like if we're not actively taking our own next steps, how can we Mm. expect others to kind of come alongside of us and do the same and be led to transformation? Yeah. Yeah, and that's some some of where this conversation also was birthed out of is that like we have the language of next steps. Um, let's see if I can remember them all. But uh, <laughs> you know, attend regularly, give generously, generously, connect relationally, serve purposefully, invite boldly. I did it. Yes. Yes. Did it. <laughs> um, and so, all right, we're starting to get used to that being a normal thing for Prairie Lakes. Mm-hmm. But I think what hasn't shifted yet in in our minds is that like that's for every one of us mm. all the time like these are these are normal things for a christian of any level of maturity to be asking god how do you want me to take a next step in mm-hmm. that area mm-hmm. um and if that kind of like mindset could infiltrate our small groups it mm-hmm. could infiltrate our serving teams mm-hmm. that we're not just doing a task or meeting to study the bible but we're asking ourselves are we growing in these categories like if we could make that shift it would be pretty incredible mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, I mean, you, you, you kind of hit on uh, uh, ta- thinking like fruit, like seeing transformation. Like uh, if, if, if we don't have uh, the ability to look in a mirror and see that something's not changing in us, you know, we're, we're stagnant or, or if we don't have that person uh, that we can listen to, um, that no matter how harsh they have to be with us, that will respond. Um, yeah, there, there, there is a reality that I think any one of us can get on, on just this in this religious or this faith journey rut where sure we could do all of those things and still not grow or still not be transformed. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to be really, really hard. But I think the, the thing that we can, the, like the, the, uh, the safety net we can put in place is just that simple question. I'm, I'm taking these steps because I believe that I'm supposed to, as a follower of Jesus, how did those steps look like yesterday? How do they look like five years from now? Um, but really, ultimately, the proof in the pudding is, am I a growing follower of Jesus? Am I increasingly, we talk around here, am I increasingly loving and obeying Jesus? That should be the fruit that shows up, hmm. right? That increasing side. And I think that like, if you can be doing all the things and growing, but unless you're also willing to like invite others in, to your life, mm. they're never going to see that fruit. Um, I mean, like from a distance, you can, you know, you can have that cliche. Oh, there's, they're a Christ follower. They're a Christian. But unless you really invite somebody into your life and have those personal hard conversations, sometimes mm-hmm. nobody's going to see that real, like the, the depth of the fruit that we see. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And I think for me, those those five steps that we talk about a lot um they can feel almost like a plc trademark or Mm -hmm. or even like um 
<clears throat> I don't know. Just, uh, just going through the motions. These are just mm-hmm. boxes to check off. Mm-hmm. But in reality, they're just like shorthand for the kind of things that Jesus modeled for mm-hmm. us. Like mm-hmm. they, they really are born out of like some deeper theological conversations. Mm-hmm. And like, for example, give generously is, is a good one that like, you you can look at that phrase and you can think of it like, hey, you should give more to the church. Mm-hmm. Smile. <laughs> but uh, Jesus was constantly challenging us to let go of our idols and our, our greed and our self-centeredness and instead to be like giving, ourse- giving of ourselves in all sorts of ways um, or like serving purposefully. You can look at it in a really like cynical way and say, yep, the church want us, wants us to get on a volunteer team. But... I mean, the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life mm-hmm. as a ransom for many. Like, like to serve is to be like Jesus, to pick mm-hmm. up the towel, to wash others' feet. And so, like, these, are, these really are things we want for people. And it can't just be us on staff communicating them from the stage or in emails. It has to be every one of us as leaders mm. linking arms and saying, hey, we all want to grow in these things to become more like Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And, and being willing in that, you know, whether it's that one-on-one conversation or it's uh, leading a ministry or, or being a part of a small group or leading a small group, being willing uh, to, um, to, as we invite people in so that they can see Jesus, you know, at work in us, um, being willing to have what m- others might deem uncomfortable conversations mm-hmm. um, and just even asking somebody uh, ab- about what God's doing through you know, if you're in a group, what's God, what's God doing inside of you because of this group, yeah. you know, through this group? Um, or, you know, if it, if it is at a group and you don't, you really have no idea, you've never heard from that person about their serving experience, uh, ask him about it. Hey, have you, have you, uh, have you checked out any of our serving teams or how, how do you, how do you serve your little, I mean, just having some type of conversation, but we have to be the ones that um, are willing to um, maybe accept what usually isn't really all that uncomfortable, but but what others would probably say is just lean into those uncomfortable conversations and and talk to people um, about that. Uh, again, it it's probably more one on one, but you might you uh, it might be in a group experience that uh, you, you recognize. Man, I I really don't know if he or she. I really don't know what God's doing in their story or how they're increasingly loving and obeying obeying Him, but. Uh, I, I would also say, uh, j- just as I'm sharing here, I, I think you know one of the things that I uh, really love about the the steps that uh, we've identified, um, they uh, they're, uh, they're they're entry level for anybody, anywhere, anytime. Um, so you know somebody somebody who's brand new to church and a faith in Jesus could could take a step into all five of those steps in their own way. And yes, it'll likely look different than somebody who has um, has had who's known Jesus for a long time and maybe even been connected to a church for a long time, but it might not. You know, it it really might not. I mean, it uh, it's not one of those um, uh, kind of cafeteria plans. Like I'm just going to do what makes me feel good and how I want to do it. But they are they are a safe place to step in and say. Man, if I'm going to take a step of attending regularly, if I go from no Sundays a month, never been connected to a church, committing to one Sunday a month is huge. It's something new. I've never done that before. But, you know, like five, six, seven, I don't know how many years from now, 
if they're still in that point, I think the question that somebody in their story should be doing is, hey, when was the last time you know, that you, you looked at uh, how you're increasingly loving and obeying Jesus by attending? You know, you're still in the same spot that you were. And honestly, I would say, like, as that question is thrown on the table, um, as leaders, we shouldn't just be looking for them to go, oh, yeah, man, you're right. I, I should start going two Sundays a month. Uh, but I think we'd feel good if they did. In all honesty, I think what we need to start when we ask that question, our, our listening should start with, what's God been doing with that one Sunday a month? What have they been giving him room to do in that one Sunday a month? Because if we're just hoping that they say two and we miss that, <laughs> then we're going to miss celebrating or maybe even missing coaching in that conversation. And then, you know, I just miss something. Yeah. I look around, I see head nodding. I feel like <laughs> somebody's going to say something else. I'm going to stop. I mean, you're just covering a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Go for it. You go. <laughs> it's all you. <laughs> it made me think of like um, a friend who recently told me something that I was kind of shocked by that I had influenced her life in a way that to me at the time didn't feel it felt like such a little um invite but our kids had attended the same preschool and mm-hmm. um at pickup every day it was like we had to you had to get out because they're little they were three-year-olds at the time and so you just kind of stand there and it seemed like some people knew each other and I didn't know anybody um and so I slowly started talking to her and I kept thinking like I should invite her to mops like she she's a stay-at-home mom I should invite her to mops and so I eventually did, and um, at first it didn't lead to anywhere, but she did say yes, and she started mm-hmm. coming to MOPS, um, and then she is now, like, involved in church, involved in um, small group, and she's actually serving um, at MOPS now, and we were out to eat at supper for small group a couple weeks ago, and she's like, hey, Brittany, like, whenever I tell people about my faith journey, like, you're a part of it, like, you and mm-hmm. you're the one that invited me, I'm like, what? Like I, she's done so much. I like, feel didn't like even realize it. In the yeah. Moment. Like I didn't even yeah. realize that like that little invite was, had made an impact um, on her in such a way that like, yeah, it's not about me at all. Like mm-hmm. in that, but it just shows that like, sometimes like, um, just saying like hearing that voice, like, okay, invite this person mm-hmm. or, and, and it can be, it can be awkward. Like, like you said, like, it can be mm-hmm. like, I don't want to like, I don't, she's barely knows me and I'm mm-hmm. inviting her to church and, but like, it can have an impact. And, um, and sometimes it, and it takes time to see that too. It takes time to see that, um, grow sometimes. And yeah. 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 And I think definitely like when you, when you say that you like kept asking her or, you know, she didn't say yes at first, yeah. Yeah. like that's, if we take it on ourselves to like actually listen and hear that voice telling us you should invite her, you should keep inviting her. Yeah. Like, if, if we ignore that, we, we lose out on an opportunity to see that fruit, um, in others, which, you know, I, I, it's something I struggle with. I'm really good at like, all right, first time they said no, and I'm, I'm done asking, Mm -hmm. but, um, which is definitely an area that I can, I can grow in. But, um, I think taking that, that bold step, like it's, it's, it is, it's inviting boldly Mm -hmm. and it's not just to Sunday morning. Like you invited her to mobs and that opened a whole world in her Mm -hmm. faith journey. Like that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think like asking questions is huge. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's there's the question that is an invitation. Like, hey, would you consider coming with me to fill in the blank? And so that's a question. But I think also we as leaders could ask a question within all five of those categories of next steps mm-hmm. and beyond. You know, it doesn't have to be limited to just those five. But like, I I think. Uh, so this, there's this idea of like outcome-based learning 
where you're not just like teaching a class full of people and hoping they pick it up, but you you quiz them. You find out, hey, are you actually picking up the stuff that we're talking about in the class? And if you never have any sort of quiz or question or test or whatever, you don't really know what they learned and what they didn't. And I think you can... You, we can fall into that trap as leaders in our small groups that we lead or in our ministry areas. If we're, if we're just assuming that the stuff we're saying in a huddle is, is translating or the stuff we're sharing at, at a small group is, is coming across, but we never actually ask the question. Uh, so how are you growing in your, um, are, are you serving people? Mm-hmm. Are you, mm-hmm. um, are you giving, are you attending regularly? How, how's your attendance lately? You know, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, like not always sticking to this script of like, like if you have a small group and you're doing a specific study, it can be easy to be like, okay, this is our study. These are the questions to go with that study, but taking things, taking your group to the next level of like, um, and not every, it doesn't have to be every single week, but even just like sometimes being like, okay, how, what is God doing? Like you said, mm-hmm. Kyle, like what is God doing in your life right now? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How can I specifically pray for you this week? Yeah. And flipping the, the goal from, I'm going to lead this team or this group well to like, now I'm thinking about individuals mm. yeah. like, hmm, okay, I have this, this guy, John in my group. And so now I'm asking myself, I wonder how I can best serve John to, to grow and to develop and how can I challenge? How can I stretch? How can I encourage? How can I pray for? Well, that's, yeah. And I think that's a transformation process even for that leader. I mean, it's, um, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's moving from the responsibilities that are on their quote unquote job description to, uh, you know, to execute the process, but turning it into let it, letting themselves grow into a servant leader where the people that are on their team, yeah, they've always mattered, but some of those people could probably um, feel more like a number and less like a person. Uh, I think some of those people also could go like, man, you, 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 you talk a lot, you share a lot, but I'm really not picking up what you're laying down. Um, and so I think, yeah, that's, that's part of that transformational process, even for, uh, for leaders. Um, you know, I think of phrases like, be more interested than interesting, mm-hmm. you know, whether, whether that's in the individual or just like, sometimes I think we, we believe that what we have to share is the greatest thing since sliced bread, or it's just, it's so much more important to make sure that we share this info rather than seeing if people are even picking up the info that we've shared in the past. Um, and so I think some of that's like overcoming our own fears. Why, you know, why don't I, ask questions. Why do I feel like I need to be the center of attention and talk, 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 you know, what, what's behind some of those things. Um, but I think that was one of the, that was one of the, uh, first lessons and probably one of the toughest lessons that I learned when I first came on staff at Prairie Lakes was that be more interested than interesting. Um, and, and what I started learning was just as I was meeting people, I mean, and that came through discipline. I mean, that came through my supervisor telling me a couple of times, like, I get what you're striving for, but the, the, the path that you're taking is not the right one. Uh, but, you know, I, I felt like uh, as I was meeting people, I needed to give them an opportunity to know as much about them as I was trying to learn about that, you know, to, to uh, give them as much opportunity to learn about me as much as I was trying to learn about them. And what it turned into was more like if we took, uh, you know, the pie, 70% of it was about me. After I'd ask a question, they'd share a snippet. Then I'd have a whole mm-hmm. story or two or experiences. And then I'd ask a question and, um, but then that translated, you know, that was just in meeting people. But I think some of that was also translating into some of those discipleship type of conversations mm-hmm. where it moved from relationship to, you know, just 
being able to help somebody uh, maybe see those breadcrumbs that God had been laying out for them, for them to, to grab them. Um, or even like in membership class. I, I remember an evaluation there, that same. So those were the first two situations. The third one was in an experience of sharing stuff. Um, it was like, hey, Kyle, you were so excited. And we can tell that it's authentic passion to tell people about the church that you're leading. Uh, but but you're not asking enough questions. Nathan, going back to what you're saying, you're not asking enough questions to find out, is this any is any of this even sticking? You know, like the no matter language and stuff. Do they even, could they recite it to you as, as easily as it just rattled off your tongue? Do they, if they could, could they tell you why that language is, you know, it's like, just keep keep some of that moving down. And so that, that was a hard lesson, but I think asking those questions and, and letting it, letting somebody else then talk and then if it gets silent probe it with an you know probe the, the stoke the fire with another question yeah it's know? like making the heart the target yeah the people you're leading it makes me think michael has no had no idea my husband michael had no idea that we were going to be talking about this today for a podcast but he just told me this last night and i'm like oh this like applies to this <laughs> but he has a men's group that he's leading and um, they're doing this easter study and he was telling me how like the question there was one one question about like um he realized that people, the men will respond more when it's like, instead of, have you ever felt this way um, about something? It was like, tell me a time that you have felt this way. Mm-hmm. So he was like strategizing, like, how can I get them to share something or to be like willing to like dig in and really think about it instead yeah. of instead of keeping it at surface level. Um, and so just a shout out to him on that. But like, I, it makes me think how he was like trying to make their heart the target mm-hmm. on like growing. And he had some feedback. So he was yeah. like, thinking about it so yeah right and like having that mindfulness like to walk into conversations with a prepared heart like you're not just kind of flying by the seat of your pants like Mm -hmm. it's you're praying about it before you even open your mouth and preparing yourself and preparing yourself to hear things that maybe you don't want to hear you know you don't see that fruit right away and you get discouraged like that's hard for me I mean that's my job here is next steps and if I don't see like the fruit it kind of makes me feel defeated it makes me feel like it's a reflection of me but really it's I mean you have to allow that seed to grow Mm. and if you kind of just give up early like I said earlier I kind of used to have a tendency to do um you don't you don't get to help these people that really want like they have this power this passion and this fire in their hearts but if we don't kind of help fan the flame a little bit Mm -hmm. um we we risk losing out mm-hmm. on, on real transformation, like real deep spiritual transformation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think uh, when I think of Jesus life and how he led his disciples, uh, he, or, or anytime he interacted with somebody, it was almost always a question rather than a, a statement. Like, yeah, he gave sermons, but, um, he asked questions like, do you want to be healed? Or who do you say that I am? And I mean, he could, he could have just flat out told them, <laughs> but he knew he he knows how people are wired, and mm-hmm. so instead he phrases it in a question that makes you think and self-examine. And I think um, going back to like the art, like you were saying, Brittany, of like asking a question well, that if we as leaders are going to grow in our ability to lead towards transformation, uh, it's going to be asking better questions, asking asking questions in a way that really does lead people to self-examine um, 
even just on a really practical level, I think about um, when you ask questions that have right or wrong answers, like mm-hmm. uh, you're in a small group and you're studying a Bible passage and you ask a question that's like, so um, what did Jesus do next? <laughs> okay, well, all right, I'm either going to answer this question right or wrong, and it's kind of <laughs> simplistic. And um, I thought you were thinking, like, who's better, the Packers or the Chiefs? Because there is a right or a wrong there. Well, there is. Yeah. Who made there it is right. We're not going to answer it right now. <laughs> Neither one, one of those are valid. We're going to peace in this room. But. <laughs> but, but if you ask a question that doesn't have a right or wrong answer, that just leads to, like, self-examination. Mm. Like, um, like you said, think of a time when... Or just anything where it's like asking people to share about their experience with yeah. that mm-hmm. thing. Um, where where have you seen um, someone model to you the idea of giving generously? Where have you seen someone model to you the idea of connection and building relationships? Yeah. Um, it it just activates your mind in a yeah. different way. Yeah. What what and how are two uh, two great starts to questions almost always you know, if we're struggling. I think if for for Listeners here might be going, man, this makes sense to me, but I, I just don't feel like I'm a good question asker. Um, I feel like that that I mean, that's always um, th- those words have helped me as I as I get ready to frame. They're not the, the best words to start with all the time, but they're um, if, if you ever get in a pinch, like uh, consider starting your questions that way. Um, but but I also think uh, those uh, those those questions like it's it's OK to help tee it up. Uh, for people and I and I I'll, I'll be picky with guys I think um, you know leading a guys group leading guys groups being a guy I think um, sometimes we're, it's not so much that we're afraid of talking about our emotions um, but sometimes we need the question it, it's I've learned it's better that the question is a little bit more direct and less about like how do you feel about this um, and so like when Michael teed it up uh, to to think about that time he, he almost kind of he didn't give them permission, not not that every guy was going to have to answer that in their small group, but he didn't give them permission to avoid the question. You know, I think and I think that's where sometimes questions, you know, that we'll ask are like, um, you know, how, uh, how does it make you feel when uh, people, uh, you know, when, when, when your kids don't listen to you, how does that make you feel? Um, think of the last time your kids didn't listen to you. What was that like? It's just it's just a it's just a different tone and it almost removes the the excuse that I'm yeah, I'm not gonna get in that sandbox and play. Even even if I don't have to answer it, what's going on is in that moment for the one guy that's answering, the other three, four guys are sitting there and they're wondering, well, yeah, I mean, is this applicable or are they gonna call on me? But if nothing else, they're also going, Yeah, I can answer that question. Because that just happened yesterday and this is this is what happened. Um and, and you know, and just can and that was a surface level thing. Think about what that looks like when we we start to move it into another level. Um, but yeah, the heart, the target, I, I like, it keeps going back to me as we're talking about this. I also think about like just the word vulnerability. Mm. Um, if you can create a safe space on your team, uh, in your small group where people can be the real them mm-hmm. and um, it, like you can't really change until you face where you're at today. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked a little bit on staff of the idea of X to Y by when, like, if you don't know where X is, where you're starting at today, today I'm not good at this, but then I have this desired future, Y, of um, where I'm headed. Like, you can't just pick a direction that you're headed until you know where you are. Mm-hmm. And knowing where you are means telling yourself the truth about how things really are right now. If you have a group that's a safe place for people to identify, yes, today 
I'm struggling with this Mm -hmm. and it's okay to be struggling with this today. And we're going to come around you and support you in, in the change. Um, you know, unless you have that safe space, transformation can't happen. Yeah. And as the leader, like maybe like being the one to start with that vulnerability and showing that vulnerability so that they, yeah, being willing to be vulnerable yourself. And I think we have the others modeling it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we have to have an awareness in that space. Um, was that space already created or are we creating it? You know, so, and what I mean by that is I'm just thinking of a journey of a caterpillar. Um, my, my mom is sending caterpillars to our girls. And so like, it was just fresh <laughs> for me. Uh, but you know, you, you think about it. Um, if uh, a caterpillar wants to turn into a butterfly, um, I don't, I don't know how caterpillars work. I'm not a caterpillar <laughs> biologist or specialist, but just that's, just that's actually our next episode. Just bear with me. <laughs> caterpillar yeah, that's biology. Good. So I, I, feel, I feel like if my daughter, if Hope was listening, she goes, Dad, you just uh, there's this standing joke. You just know everything about everything. You're a basketball expert. Like I don't. I, I, anyway, um, deep breaths, Kyle. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I don't know. I mean, I'm, it, 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 bear with me. If if a caterpillar could make the decision, if there's if there's a choice of a caterpillar to say, I want to turn into a butterfly, if that like that's their choice, or instead of just this innate like that's just what they do, like it's just born into them. Um, some caterpillars then in that moment are going to make the journey into the environment. You know, they're going to find that beautiful milkweed wherever it is in a safe place, knowing that that's where they're going to hang upside down and turn it, you know, make this cocoon. And then one, you know, one day they're going to wake up to it, but, but they put themselves in that environment, right? They take that journey. I think that's how some people are. Mm-hmm. And so as, as a leader, we have to have that awareness. Have, have some people taken that journey and it, sure. Yes. Don't get weird with me. They might've been invited into that moment, but still they made the choice, right. To, to put themselves in that environment. Uh, but I think on the other side of that is there are, um, there are some caterpillars there are some people that are invited in. They, they didn't know if they really wanted to turn into a butterfly. They didn't. And some of them might've been stubborn about it, or some of them might've just been avoiding it, or some of them been like really loving being a caterpillar. Like why in the world would I want to turn into, you know, right? Like there's just that sin pattern um, or just that life. Like it might not even be sin. It just might be just like, I like my Sunday mornings. You know, if you think about like connecting with the local church or whatever it might be, but, but if we have that awareness of, yeah, I, I know that this person isn't self-selecting. They didn't walk into an environment that was already created for them, like a Sunday morning or like a small group um, or like a serve opportunity. But instead, they were invited in. Uh, If I'm going to start asking some questions, I think I have to have an awareness. Uh, Did they self-select in Uh, or was this like they're they're here for the first, second, third time? And this has really been some of it might have been a really big pull. And other moments, it was just like, yeah, they came in and like, I really have no idea what this is going to be like. The more we can be aware, I think the yeah. better off we're going to be to ask the right questions, but then also to help, if it is a group, to help the rest of the group have some awareness yeah. to not squish that caterpillar. Hmm. Um, it made me, like, it's aware, an awareness of how receptive people are going to be yeah. to change. Yeah. And then the art as a leader is like, okay, here's someone we might you want to be sensing like man god is working on this person they're ready or other people mm-hmm. you can feel the wall that's up and so leading through them change through leading them through change requires a little bit of sensitivity and nuance yeah. and stuff and um it's like you can't make people change no and that's a frustrating thing about ministry is like a lot of times from the outside looking in we see someone else's life and like oh man if you just 
did this thing differently or change that. Like you wouldn't be banging your head against the wall like you are. And so we want that for them, but yet you can't, you can only give the invitation and you can give the challenge, but you can't make them Mm -hmm. take the step. And, you know, ministry is this constant, unfinished, never ending thing. Yeah. So I, I think it's good for us to like be reminded of that, that like, uh, there's, there is no end point. We're all just on this journey of becoming more like Christ yeah. gradually over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That work in progress. Work and in I progress. think those moments of frustration, I know I need to get better. Um, at first and foremost, just letting, letting those go, just have, have a quicker awareness of how much it's bothering me and in a, in a unhealthy way. Uh, but also like letting that, f- um, motivate me to whether it's make a note or to pick up the phone um, or just or just to pause long enough and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal if I if I don't have the the time or it seems urgent enough to just go straight to the Holy Spirit rather than like an accountability guy, but just to go hey this is this is bothering what, how how am I being a knucklehead right now like tell mm-hmm. me the truth because usually the things that are frustrating us we think we've overcome them already yeah. or that we're not dealing with them because we're dealing with them in a different way. We're tuned into them because it's actually the very thing God's <laughs> dealing with us about. Yes. Yeah. And, and so then like the breakthrough for them a lot of times is also the breakthrough for us or, yeah. or the thing that's going to allow change in them. Like if, if we address it, yep. like I, I see this in my kids. Um, uh, I, I can be a pretty messy, sloppy person and it drives me crazy when my kids are messy and sloppy. Um, and it, it like it we're just, all we're all looking at you like <laughs> that you're a liar right now because no, we, we see you be like yeah everything no, is in neat order no I can I can be really like I can just like set down all the trash from whatever I was snacking on at home and just just walk away from it and leave it and just like leave the piles <laughs> that's how I, that's how I live yeah and and so I, it would drive me I, <laughs> for real just I'm being Amber. vulnerable y'all okay so. And so it would drive me crazy when my kids did the same thing. And it like it was like a ton of bricks. God is just like, hey, stop worrying about your kids and just fix you for a second. Mm. And so I just devoted like that next stretch of time. I don't remember exactly how long, but like, God, I'm not going to ask this of my kids until I really challenge myself. Mm-hmm. And then I started to see my kids picked up on it. And I've seen this in ministry, too, where... Uh, something it's like, man, this is, this is unhealthy in this team or this whatever. And I'm like, okay, God really dig deep into me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I might be a little bit farther along in this than the people I'm trying to lead, but God still wants me to go deeper. And then other people are going to watch me on the journey of struggling to change that thing. And mm-hmm. then they grow in it too. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And isn't that, I mean, how, how cool is that? <laughs> That like an illustration that you just shared, a real time illustration, wasn't something super deep and spiritual. It was about trash, you know. Yeah. Uh, but then how God can wreck your heart and strengthen you all at the same time with just those simple life things. Yeah, that's so cool. I I also think about like sometimes we in the small group world we we're trying to like figure out how can I get my small group to grow numerically. Um, we've been stagnant and people don't always show up or whatever. And so you can kind of be banging your head against the wall. How do, how does our small group grow? But I think sometimes the transformation thing is the secret sauce. Mm. Like if no one in your group is actually changing and seeing their lives be transformed by Jesus, 
who's going to want to be a part of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't want, I got, I got better things to do. Yeah. Yeah. But if the group is experiencing transformation, then it's like, it's infectious. Mm-hmm. Not only do I want to keep coming and showing up every week, but I want to invite my friends to be on the journey too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If I'm going to give up my Wednesday nights, it needs, it needs to be worth it enough of the time. Yeah. Even if sometimes it's painful, you know, cause transformation isn't always, um, easy peasy or comfortable. Um, but yeah, I mean, even, even if it hurts a little bit for me to be a part of this group, it, there's still, um, we, we experience that desire through the words. Yeah, that's good. Well, Hey, as we, as we wrap up here, I think, um, uh, you know, one of the, one of the questions that I would leave you listeners with, uh, and even us, I mean, we, we, we've been talking about this transformation piece for a while now as we pre- prepared for this podcast and, and even just uh, leading through the last year through the pandemic and and uh, be, being on the side of seeing you know seeing ministry um, kind of open back up in, in some pretty cool ways, um, I, th- I think one of the questions that we uh, can can let the Holy Spirit use to keep us in check, you know, as we start. Uh, so- sometimes I think we believe that trans uh, that, that our frustration means that somebody should change, somebody should be transformed. Um, sometimes our frustration is just flat out rooted in like where our heart needs to change. Um, and so I think just a simple question that I'd leave us with to take into those moments as we, uh, as leaders were called to help people, uh, be transformed. Uh, but as followers of Christ, first and foremost, we should be transforming and, and, uh, inviting other people along on that journey, no matter what our title is in the local church, uh, what our position is, uh, male, female, no matter what our age is, all those things, right? Our, our, our responsibility as a follower of Jesus should be to increasingly love and obey him uh, and invite other people on that journey and, and help them along the way. Um, uh, but here, here's this question. Uh, why? Uh, you know, why, why do I want to help somebody transform here? Um, you know, even, and, and I think even, why, why do I want to be transformed? Uh, if, if, if the motive, if the answer is healthy, uh, then, then it's, uh, it's very likely Jesus. But if it's just like, yeah, I just, I just don't like how they behave. Uh, that, that's not, a, that's not a very good reason to help me like want to lean into, or, you know, I just, I just don't like what they do. It's, it might not even be wrong. It's just different than what I want. Like an unhealthy desire to fix yeah. rather yeah. than a healthy desire of, yes. like, I want to see you blessed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, and I think we can do that with ourselves at times. Um, and so that's why I'd even just throw it. It's, it's not for me as I leave that question with y'all. It's not just as you're thinking about or entering into an opportunity uh, to, to help somebody grow. But but even for ourselves, I think sometimes we have wrongful motives. Um, I want to I want to be transformed so that people notice, you know, uh, I, I want to grow so that uh, this this relationship is better. You know, um, that could be a good thing. But if it's not for healthy reasons, uh, I, I think we need to go back to the drawing board and and just create more space for that, uh, the Holy Spirit to to first work on us. So uh, why uh, why do I seek transformation? Why am I looking for transformation mm-hmm. in that person or in me? I think is a is kind of a good place to land here. Hey, if if any questions uh, kind of came to your mind or, or you're looking for more in this conversation uh, or or you just feel like uh, man, I, I could use some help with maybe a specific scenario that I'm walking in right now. Um, or even just, uh, I, I don't feel like I quite get this question thing. I could use some help, um, putting some, putting some framework around this. 
by all means, uh, as, as this podcast ends here, don't feel like the door closes. Uh, reach out, whether it's to, to one of us uh, or another brother or sister uh, who you can just continue this conversation with. Uh, but, but we're here for you. Thanks for being who you are and, and leading well. Uh, remember, the, the, the church is, is healthier and stronger uh, when the leader is. So keep up the good work.